I think uh, so after New York City, I moved to Boulder, Colorado, going after, you know, love. Mm -hmm. And in Boulder, if anyone knows what Boulder is, it's all about spirituality. So here I was leaving the concrete jungle, living in Boulder, and I had nothing else to do but to work on myself because I was a quote-unquote housewife. the housewife. They go out shopping, mm -hmm. they play tennis, they come home. I La never cocina, learned. cocina. Yeah. No, yo nunca cociné. No. El cocinaba. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I had, like, the typical housewife life, and all I had to do was work on myself. Mm. So that's what I did for, like, a solid five years, trying to get all the rat race out of my head, get all the like mentality that we have growing up in New York City that everything has to be rough. Mm. So all of that I learned like that's not normal. It's okay if you go down the street and you say good morning, buenos dias, mm -hmm. how are you? Acknowledge the other person and just be nice to people just because with no ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. So I think doing that for like four years, I'm like, okay, life is beautiful. And no matter what, we can get through anything. But how how do you, like, that mindset shift, right? I know. Because that's, like, the hardest part. Yes. So how do you... If get you, there. You, you know, you grew up here where In it's Washington so rough, Heights, yeah. Right. So then how do you become, like, this happy-go-lucky person? I'm going to make lemonade out of my lemons. Like, how do you get there? Exactly. So basically... Um, I think growing up in Washington Heights, um, my mom, she did the best she could with her resources. Mm -hmm. With the hand she was held, she was given, she gave us the best she could. Mm -hmm. But I think in trying to escape what was going on in the household, I seeked like the Oprah Winfrey show. And every day I used to run from school to watch Oprah. And Oprah at the time was talking about self-help. She was talking about affirmations. She was talking about, you know, seeking that other energy than God, that spirituality, in order to help yourself and heal your trauma. Mm -hmm. So yo no sabía, de 12, 13 años, I'm watching this and I'm like, damn, it makes sense, but I couldn't, it couldn't, it, it made sense, but I was trying to make it sense to, for my environment. Because no, had, no one was talking about it. Obviously, I used to talk to it with my sister, and they all were like, oh, Saira, you and your self-help books. Siempre cuando yo venía con algo, ay, Saira, tú y tu self-help books. And I'm like, no, but this is working for me. I think you should, you know, use it for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just spent literally, since I was 12 years old, all the way until I was 21, just reading about how to heal my own trauma. Because at the time, no había resources. They go, oh, let me go to a therapist. Let me right. talk to anybody. Right, right. You know, it was like me trying to find un libro que me ayude to heal my trauma. So then I remember it all came like, it all made sense when they were going to kick me out of college because I was working a nine to five and then I had to go to school at night. Mm. Clearly, I was exhausted. By the time I went to school, I was exhausted. So my GPA was so low. They're like, si tú no subes tu GPA by next semester, we're kicking you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, damn, what am I going to do? 
my power of affirmation. I printed out my acceptance letter, mm -hmm. put it on my wall. I printed out a prayer uh, of affirmation. And every single day I used to look at that paper of acceptance and I used to say it every day. Yo lo tenía en mi wallet todos los días. Um, you're doing, you're going to do great. You're going to graduate from college. You're going to, you know, your GPA is going to be great next season. You're going to do great, like constantly. De por la mañana hasta por la noche, siempre. And then it worked. And then it was like, damn, this works. So I started using that little by little for other things. I'm like, okay, if it worked for that, let me try it for something else. Well, I want this job. I want to be a journalist. Okay, where do I want to be a journalist? I'm going to apply to Fox News. Mm. Okay, how do I apply to Fox News? I had a friend, me metió un internship, and I got accepted. I was like, yes, part two. So I kept on going using the power of affirmations. Yo diciendo, yo misma, I can do it. I have all the tools and just praying constantly. This is the life I want, and this is what I have to do to do it. Has it ever failed you? Was there ever a time that you wanted to manifest something so bad and it, it just didn't work out? No, because it never fails, right? Because I'm a firm believer that you tell the universe what you want and it gives it to you. It's up to you. It's up to your frequency mm. to see if your frequency is at the same level as the universe. If you're off, if your vibrations are low, The universe is not listening to you. That's right. So that's how it never happens. So, you know, obviously I've had times where I go through, you know, a low period in my life where I have depression. Y aunque yo trate de, de pray about it, seek it, it doesn't work. Mm. Because I have to be good within myself for the universe to listen to what I want. Right. So if I'm not good within, the universe is not listening to me. They're like, the universe Because you want a different frequency it, it, at that We're not time. on the same page. Yeah. You're not on the same page. Yeah, yeah. You can't say, I want to be happy, but you're not doing what you need to be happy. You know what I mean? And it's also the feeling part. Like, you actually have to feel you it have, in advance. Exactly. Like, you can't wait for love no. to feel love. No, like, like people literally, I was, <laughs> I was <laughs> recently talking to my friend, and I was like, you know, I attract so much love. I said, randomly, I attract love because that's just the being that I am. Entonces, ay, tú, y tú y tu amor, tú siempre te enamoras. And I'm like, yeah, because that's how I am. Mm -hmm. yo, yo me puedo enamorar mañana y me desamoro next week. <laughs> But I, that's okay yeah, with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I am, I just like the energy, the frequency of love. I don't care if it comes and goes. I just like it. And that's how I try to live my life. And you definitely radiate that, right? Like, you, <laughs> like just going through your Instagram and kind of getting to know you, like you have this vibrant energy. Like like you exude this type of energy where it's like fun. It's like you, I feel like you're the person that everyone would want to be around. And you know, what's funny is that I'm an introvert, like How? 100% introvert. How? I am super shy. The first four years of my business, I used to rely on my sister to talk. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not talking. I'm not talking. 
I'm not going to give an interview. I'm not going to give an interview. So literal, cuatro años, I was like, I don't want to talk. Because I, I, I was such like, it wasn't that I was scared because clearly I come from a journalism background. Mm -hmm. It was just the vulnerability. I was not there yet. Do you feel like you doubted yourself? As a businesswoman, yes, because mm -hmm. this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. I signed up to be a journalist, and uh, that's what I, I thought I was going to do that all my life. Entonces, after journalism school, you know, the recession happened. I was freelancing here and there. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Let me go to makeup school because I love makeup. Mm -hmm. And in makeup school, that's when I fell in love with the business of makeup. And then one thing led to another that we started this makeup business. Mm -hmm. But I never saw myself as a business woman. And I think that's why I was like leaning so much on my sister because she comes from a corporate background. Right. So here she is, 13 years of corporate. Here I am being a housewife in Boulder. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think I have the resources para yo de que hablar de business. Right, right. But then obviously after trial and error, the people in my circle, even my employees, they said, Saida, you have to move to the front. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, if my employees are telling me you have to be more of a leader, what does that even mean? You know, oh, I had no I like idea. Mm -hmm. I thought I was giving, you know, I was okay with my sister leading the ship. I was like, okay, I'm the little sister. You can do it. Pero yo me di cuenta that people wanted to hear from me. People wanted to see what I was thinking. People wanted to see like, okay, what are your ideas? And I didn't know that until, until they told me, literally last December. And then I quickly, because I am a great student, I quickly signed up to the UCLA School of Management yes. program because I've never managed people. I never managed people because again, I'm not a businesswoman. So I took the course and I was like, wow, Managing people is a whole different, you know, ball game. Mm -hmm. It's psychological. It's emotional. It's yeah. exhausting. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I thought that yes. I'm just signing up, you know, I, I create product. I source the product. I'm all about building my business in the background. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to, like, I don't want to say deal with people, but I just didn't think that I, that was my strong suit. Mm -hmm. But since graduating, I think that I'm liking it. I'm liking being more vocal. Mm -hmm. I'm liking representing my company as like a leader. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually surprised of my growth. And I was just going to use that word because it sounds like there's a lot of growth yes, there. Yes, yes. So... I guess where I want to start, even though we already started, um, what do I have to understand about your earliest years to understand the woman that you are today? Wow. What a question. <laughs> what a question. I think that who I am, I, I was the same person as a child. Mi abuela me lo dice a cada momento. Mm -hmm. Zaira, when you were six years old, you told me that you're going to live like this, 
and you're going to have this and you're going to have that at six years old. Wow. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. It was just me, you know, probably watching TV and saying, Ay, yo quiero eso, yo quiero eso, yo quiero eso. So at six years old, I started talking like that, right? Mm -hmm. As I started growing up, um, my mom put us in after-school programs because she didn't want us to be in the streets. You know, all the girls. So she kept you busy. Yeah, she kept <laughs> yeah. us busy because <laughs> she, she was busy. like, mm, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we came from, we were born in Miami. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets confused because, you know, it's a little confusing. It's a lot of movement. Yeah, yeah. We were born in Miami, mm -hmm. raised in the Virgin Islands in St. Croix. And then we came to New York when we were, when I was nine years old. Mm -hmm. So by the time I came to New York when I was nine years old, nine year, New York City back then, that was Giuliani, when Giuliani was cleaning up these streets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we moved to La 137 y Hamilton Place. Mm -hmm. And it was like the crack epidemic in our eyes. Mm -hmm. And we come from this island where everything was so innocent. Mm -hmm. We were out in these streets. We go to the beach. Everybody knew each other. Mm -hmm. To New York City, and then all of this is in your face. So obviously my mom got scared. So she's like, you're not go getting out of the apartment. I'm going to put you in after school programs. I'm going to, you know, she didn't want us outside at all. Right, right. So going to these after school programs, you know, the most important one was Fresh Youth, Fresh Youth Initiatives, que todavía lo, lo tienen allá in Washington Heights. They would teach you things other than your community. Like what, like what were some of the things that you learned there? Basically, they used to take us out of the hood, mm -hmm. take us downtown, take your daughters to work day. Okay. We went to the Cosmopolitan office. We went mm -hmm. to the government office. We went to Kentucky. We went upstate. We went, you know, they took black and brown kids, Hispanics, Latinos, Latinx kids mm -hmm. outside of their environment so they can aspire to see something different and become something different. Mm -hmm. So imagine you being, you know, 12 years old, seeing like, oh my God. At the time, we're like, oh my God, white people live like this? Oh my God. We thought it was like a white thing. Right. And then obviously, con, con el tiempo, con los años, we're like, no, you have to do all of these things in order to get this. So wait, did you ever feel like it was not attainable when you saw it? at that time well like I, did you feel like it was so hard like like out of reach for you well our family it comes from family right right if you don't come from a family that it's in your face like my beautiful family you know pero era, la familia éramos super mm -hmm. éramos home health aid mm -hmm. éramos like limpiábamos oficina like or a nanny, exactly or like, yeah. the nanny. Like we, in my immediate family here in New York, we didn't have an example of what it was to work downtown, to have an office job, we to have like benefits. Right. We didn't have that example. We have welfare. We have food stamps. We have the bare minimums. So it was hard for me to aspire that far up when I don't see it in my house and I don't see it in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. But at least I had my mom 
and some key players in, in school that they're like, no, Saida, apply to a school downtown. I'm never going to forget that. Mr. Brito, if you're listening, if you're listening, yes. Mr. Brito, you changed my life. Aww. I wanted to go to George Washington High School. Okay. I was like, oh, I'm going to wake up at 7, be, be in school in 20 minutes. El me dijo, no, Saida, go to school downtown. You have to see something different. So and he was that push. He was that push. He, he that doesn't push. he doesn't know like he changed my life. Ugh, and because of that, I applied to a school downtown in Union Square, um, Washington Irving High School. And all of a sudden, dije que yo estoy aquí en un neighborhood con gente blanca. Uh -huh. And then I'm seeing, okay, these are the possibilities. I got you know, a job at NYU at the library. And I was like, okay, these are like normal students. Wow, the possibilities, you know, because I, I'm, again, I am a great student. I like to see, so I can see the steps of what I have to do to attain what I need and mm -hmm. what I want. During this time, what was the most difficult part like what was what was challenging for you during this time so now you work in the public library you're surrounded by all these people so you have like a new you're getting a new sense of energy right yes. where you're like i could be this i could be that but what what was challenging for you during that time the most challenging thing it was my house situation mm. um i didn't have like a stable household so it was like school i would escape and then i'm like okay i love school uh, um, and then i have to go back home i love school i have to go back home right so at 18 i moved out willingly like you said i'm gonna move yes but it was because i couldn't take it anymore so wait hold on you gotta break that down for me because <laughs> For me, like I got kicked out, right? Mm. So it's different. So for you, if you willingly moved out, I, I'm assuming you saved money. You... No, I moved out so naive. Really? And that's the one thing I want to tell girls. Sometimes you don't know what's ahead of you. Belda. Mm -hmm. Pero tírate. Tírate. Yo me tiro all the time. I don't care. I'd be like, I'm, I'm jumping off this cliff and I'm going to figure it out. I don't know what's after this, mm -hmm. but I need to jump. So at 18, it just became such a toxic um, situation at home that my best friend at the time, Melissa, if you see this, I love you. <laughs> um, she said, come to my house. And I moved to her house because she had a stable house. What was stable? What is your definition of stable? She had her mom and a dad. Okay. And they lived in a house mm -hmm. that was stable in, in my eyes. But right. In my right. eyes, I was like, that's stable. Mm -hmm. But of course, the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. Mm -hmm. Entonces, cuando tú te mudas allá, tú ves, damn, my house was toxic, pero aquí yo estoy pasando proble mucho problema. Mm -hmm. I got on welfare, mm -hmm. food stamps, like trying to live the day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, after that situation, I moved to my aunt's house in Queensbridge Projects. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I literally lived house to house, 
trying to find a way not to go back home. In my aunt's house, she gave me the most stability. She gave me the love. Mm -hmm. She gave me the nurturing that I needed. And because of her, I was able to graduate from college. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way, there's no way. Because I was living literally dollar to dollar. Mm. Wow, that's that's powerful just because I feel like what does that do to your mind going Oof. from home to home to home to home? Like what are you thinking at the time? Like how, you know, cuz you're such a manifester, right? So how can you visualize the future and what you aspire to be, but you are shifting from energy to energy because you're from home to home? Exactly. Like, how do you keep that focus? And I think it comes within you, right? You have to have, you have to be born with some type of power right. within you in order to keep it pushing. Y yo sabía que dentro de mí, no matter the circumstances, there was something within me that I'm like, damn, okay, I'm here again. Pero what do I have to do? What do I have to do to get out? That was literally my, my mentality all the time. What do I have to do to get out? Because I do not like to linger mm -hmm. in depression. I do not like to linger in pain. I do not like to linger in places that I don't belong. So eventually when I graduated, while I was living with my aunt, I decided to move to Atlanta. Again, I, I wanted to get out of New York. I was like, you know, maybe New York is not the thing for me. Yo me voy a mudar para otro estado. Si ni uno. I applied for a job at a Spanish newspaper. I got the job. Mm -hmm. Again, I, this was the first time I ever asked my stepdad for money. Mm -hmm. I said, Pasto, por favor, préstame $1,500. dólares. Mm -hmm. Lo juro, te lo pago y yo lo juro. Mm -hmm. Me lo dio sin problema. But he was still hurt because I left the house. Mm -hmm. But he was like, okay, vete con Dios. So I left to Atlanta again, another situation. Horrible roommates. I was like, ay Dios mío. Like, I went from house to house. It, it was like never ending. Yeah. So ahí yo me puse fuerte. Ahí yo me puse fuerte. Yo dije, bueno, let me use the resources that I have in order to get to this next level because I'm never going to get out of this cycle. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to lie. And this is the thing that I think girls from the hood shouldn't be ashamed of saying out loud. Pero si tú tienes un noviecito mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. wants to be with you and wants to help you, you take that help. You let him. You let him help you. You let him. You, if you want to be with me, you see my living situation. Either you're going to upgrade it or we can't be or next to each other. what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? So I was fortunate enough. Me encontré un noviacito. And then he was like, oh, so what's your, ¿cuáles son tus problemas? Mm -hmm. Y yo soy dominicana al fin. Mm -hmm. Entonces la dominicana tenemos problemas. <laughs> La Dominicana tenemos problemas, eh? But no, but my problems were real. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm living here because I have a, 
a job, <laughs> but I want to move back to New York. My sister just had a baby. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to back, move back to New York. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it. Move back to New York. I got you. Yeah. So, but obviously, con un miedo, because I've never depended on a man. Pero me tiré. I was like, I'm going no matter what. I'm going. So I came back to New York. Mm -hmm. But with the support system of this guy that, thank God, to this day, he's, he's my ex-husband. And we're mm -hmm. best friends. But he kept his word from day one. He came into my life because he saw the potential mm -hmm. of this girl who has a good heart. She just came from bad circumstances. Mm -hmm. But he knew that I aspired to be more than this girl, girl from the hood. Right. So I came back from New York and, you know, we started dating like for real. And then he, he just helped me out through the journey. Let me ask you, prior to him, what, what felt like home to you at that time? Déjame decirte. <laughs> Déjame decirte. So when I was 12 years old, mm -hmm. my mom, quote unquote, deported me to the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. You know when you're young and your parents are like, you're behaving badly. Go. Te voy a mandar. Te voy a mandar porque tú aquí tú te estás dañando. Te voy a mandar. And I was like, okay, mándame. <laughs> so I go to DR at 12 mm -hmm. years old. And that was the biggest blessing mm. my mom could ever give me because I felt family over there. As much as I had aunts and cousins here, the, my Dominican family over there, I felt like nurtured. Mm -hmm. Lo que yo no tenía aquí. Allá ellos me acogieron. Like, I, like you felt accepted. I felt accepted. I felt loved. I, I was finally... Um, playing like a kid, mm -hmm. like I was a little girl mm -hmm. in Dominican Republic. That's when I grew closer to my grandma. Mm -hmm. That's why, where I grew closer to all my Dominican family. That's why I like to say when they're like, oh, what are you? I said, I'm Dominican mm -hmm. because that bond hasta el sol de hoy mm -hmm. is still there. Mm -hmm. That's my family. What do you feel? Because if that, if that was home to you, How do you feel now? Like, what is home for you right now? Home for me right, right now, I just accepted the fact that I live in California. Mm -hmm. I've been living in California since 2019, but I still felt like a stranger. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I live in this house, beautiful, everything, pero como que me siento incómoda. Todavía no me siento como, esta es mi casa. Right. It wasn't until this year that I literally accepted, this is my home, and this is where I feel at home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I still go to DR every three to four months. Yeah. Lo, lo que sea, I just need my Dominican yeah. infusion. Even if I come back pissed, porque eso nunca se va... <laughs> That's never going right, to, right. like, go away. You right. go over there, you get frustrated, and you're like, ugh, I see you guys never. Yeah. But then you go, you come yeah. back, and you go back, and you come back, and you go back. So I feel at home in Dominican Republic, mm -hmm. and I feel at home finally in California in my home. What do you miss about your childhood? Oof. I miss the innocence. Mm. I miss my childhood that I had in St. Croix. In the Virgin Islands, I miss that cuando my mom, obviously she had three kids by the time she was like 
32 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So she was still living her life con su tres muchacho encima. Mm -hmm. So we would go clubbing with my mom, you know, like she would leave us in the kitchen at the um, club mm -hmm. and she would go dancing. Mm -hmm. And then we would walk home at 4 a.m. in the morning. And, you know, at the time we're like, oh, that's normal because that happened every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But now as an adult, I understand that she was living in that process. Mm -hmm. So even though that was going on, I miss those times because we were always together. We used to go to the beach. Yeah. Every Sunday, my, my, my abuela venía con una compra. Mm -hmm. Like we were always like a unit, always a unit, always a unit. And I think that all changed once, once we moved to New York. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, because you talk about New York like it's like this rough place for you, right? Yeah, but I'm healing now, right? So now let's talk about that. Yes. Because recently you posted something on your Instagram where you spoke about your throat chakra. Ooh! And opening up your throat chakra. Ooh. And I've been dying to ask you, like, what is that process like? What does that do for you when you open up your throat chakra and then like take us through the steps of that? Because that's deep. Okay, so I'm going to fast forward as to when... It happened? When, uh, yeah, I decided that I needed to open it up. Mm -hmm. I decided to consciously open it up in mm -hmm. December of last year of 2022. Okay. Because my business was going through a transition. And your just state your business for people that are not familiar with your business. Luna Magic. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Luna, Luna Magic. Magic, visit us at lunamagic.com. Yes. Uh, we sell cosmetics. Mm -hmm. And um, again, my business was going through a transition that it was either either I step up and speak up or it was going to go down the drain. Mm -hmm. It was that simple. It was that simple. So I understood that if I don't speak up, me estoy haciendo más daño porque ya yo estaba depresiva. Mm -hmm. ¿Verdad? Mm -hmm. Me estaba haciendo más daño. So I was like, it's now or never. I need to save my business. And the way I'm going to save my business is by taking charge and opening up my throat chakra. I love that. Were you scared? I wasn't scared. I was disappointed. Disappointed in what? Giving the full trust, mm -hmm. the full loyalty, just giving that person my all mm -hmm. to run with it. Mm -hmm. Imagine giving someone... You're all not questioning anything for four years. Mm -hmm. I'm the sole um, funder of this business. Mm -hmm. People don't know that. People don't know. I, and that's a, another thing that I learned in December of what I had to open my throat chakra. People were like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? They thought I was just uploading stuff on Instagram, smiling and, like, and posing. Yeah. Because yo no hablaba. Yo no decía, I do this, I do that, I do this. So people are like, what do you do? Como que si yo no hacía nada. Right. So um, I finally, I said, if I don't say what I do, 
esto va a seguir y la gente no va a entender que yo soy la dueña, uh -huh. que yo estoy aportando todo el dinero. Uh -huh. And it's... So let, let's take it back. Uf. Let's take it back because I don't want to confuse anyone. You know, we kind of fast forward a little okay. bit, but let's take it back. One, let's, let's just start with having a business is a very... It comes with its own set of yes. challenges, right? And you have different positions, right? You have the CEO, you have like chief of staff, you have a chairman. If you get to that level in the business, you have investors. There's so many components in starting a business. For you, starting Luna Magic, was this, and I know because you, you spoke a little bit about it, but was this, a did it start out as a passion project for you? Yes. Okay. And I think that's where, you know, I was naive, right? Mm -hmm. I was naive of starting this business. It was fun. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I love makeup. Let me start something in makeup, right? Mm -hmm. But it quickly grew into a real business. And all of a sudden, we're hiring people and we're paying payroll and this and that. And How fast was that growth for you? Within 24 months. Okay, so... We got to go back. Okay. They were missing key points here. You start a business with your sister. Yes. Whose idea was it to say, okay, we're going to now really make this a business. And now this turns from passion to yes. really purpose. Okay. So it all started where um, my sister coming to me saying, I want to start a business with you because I had the resources. So I'm like, okay, cool. And she would bring me ideas, but I was like, you know, I don't do anything if I'm not passionate about. I'm right, not a right. money person. I am a passion person. All right. And then so when, I always say you don't do it. You're not doing it for the income. You do it for the outcome. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she would throw a lot of things to me. And then when, once she said makeup, I said, okay, cool. That's something I like. Yeah. So immediately having a journalism background, I go and I investigate. Where is this makeup coming from? How do I start a brand? Right. Et cetera, et cetera. So we shook hands and we're like, you know what? Let's go into business together. But I think, you know, it was very innocent, mm -hmm. right? It was very innocent. And I think because we're sisters, uh, a lot of things were just de boca. Right. It was just de boca and I was the little sister, right? Mm -hmm. She had the corporate experience. I was get I was being like guided. I'm all like, right. lo que tú digas, lo que tú digas, sí, 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 yeah. sí. And there's contracts involved and there's Everything. all these things. I there's said trademarks. Yes. There's... There, there was yes. There was yeah. a lot of yes for four years without questioning. Mm -hmm. Four years about without questioning. And then, obviously, as I'm growing up in my own journey as a businesswoman, because remember, it all started that I wasn't a corporate person. Mm -hmm. So me feeling that I didn't have much to uh, give, bring to the table, because I, I don't know these corporate terms. All right. So I was like, okay, okay. When I finally felt confident enough mm -hmm. to have an opinion I think that's when the dynamic changed mm -hmm. and we both agreed, right? Here comes this little sister finally has an opinion. Mm -hmm. And after four years of yes, 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 yes. And you're like, 
Uh, when pick me yeah <laughs> i got something to say when eventually it yeah. goes to hey actually i think we should do this this and this you and mind know? you you were self-educating at this time because you had went into this program exactly trying to be a better leader right. like so I'm this kind of stems from like your self-help books yes. similar to you watching oprah you're now self-educating yeah you're getting the knowledge of like okay this is the way, this is a different perspective on yes. the business. Yes, so okay. I'm trying to do everything besides, you know, sourcing and and designing and bringing all the product to the warehouse and growing the company from five SKUs to 42 SKUs. I'm doing all of that. Mm -hmm. Now I have to learn how to be a corporate person, right? Mm -hmm. So it took time. So I finally felt equipped uh, December of 2023 and no 2022 and you know as it's normal things change in the dynamic mm -hmm. right so um i'm happy to report that things are getting ironed out i love that and mm -hmm. you know it's nothing personal it's just business mm -hmm. you know what i mean i always say it. it's it's business and i think me personally i lead with my heart mm-hmm I didn't think I needed paperwork. I didn't think I needed to be like, uh, I'm giving all the money. I didn't think I needed to say any of these things because we're siblings. Mm -hmm. But it came to a point that it's like, me tuve que poner firme because it was necessary. Now, I have a ton of questions in this. And Obviously, for me, like, I have two businesses, mm. right? So I have my event planning business um, where, you know, it's completely, like, a of service job, right? Like, people hire me to produce events. And then I have the podcast, right, which is 100% self-funded. But when you start talking investors, when you start talking trademarks, when you start talking contracts, and you just said a very important statement, it's not personal, it's business. I wonder for you, what does that mean for you? That statement, it's not personal, it's business. How do you differentiate? Because this is your sister, right? So how, how do you take yourself out of like, I want to be compassionate, but I also have to protect myself? Because there was a uh, trying to be compassionate while hurting myself still. Period. Mm -hmm. Leading with compassion, getting hurt. Leading with compassion, getting hurt. So there comes a point where you get tired, right? Mm -hmm. Entonces, it's like, okay, no no longer, I, we can't do mediation. Let's just go with what lawyers say mm -hmm. and the taxes say. Taxes don't lie. You lie, I lie, everybody lie. But the numbers, baby. The, the taxes don't lie. They don't lie. So we're at that point. Taxes don't lie. Entonces ya yo no hablo. What does the taxes say? Okay, let's go with that. You put something on your gram. You know, I bet your whole gram. <laughs> <laughs> you put something on your gram. There's two types of leaders yeah. in this world. Oops. There are the ones that lead with empathy. And they're the ones that win by any means necessary. Mm. Where do you fall in line? I lead with empathy. And leading with empathy, I think some people te coge de pendeja. Mm -hmm. ¿Verdad? 
Entonces, my new phase in life is me leading with empathy. But mm -hmm. I've noticed that people try to cogerme de pendeja because I'd be like, okay, can we work through it? Can we, you know, try to find a solution? Mm -hmm. I, in this new period of my life, if you tell me the words, I like to win by any means necessary, I run away. Because it says a lot about your character. I do not do that. I don't backstab nobody for a dollar. Mm -hmm. I do not, like, trick anybody. Like, no. Like, winning is cool. I take it. But I will never hurt anyone to get to the next level. Point blank, period. You've had a very successful business. And there's a lot of rumors, too, about how much your business has made throughout the years, right? And they're saying, what are the rumors? A couple, <laughs> a couple, couple million dollars, several million dollars. Hmm. So I wonder how long did it take for you to make that money? Right. And then also, I, every time someone comes on my show and they have like this very successful business, I'm like, how long did it take you to make a million dollars? Yeah. What was that journey? <sighs> and they always say like your first million is like the hardest to make. That's like the longest one. That's like, after that, it's like, you're just. And you know through. what's funny? Mm -hmm. You know what's funny is until this year, again, something happened. I don't know what's going on between. You had an epiphany. Yeah, <laughs> between December and now when yeah. I decided to open my chakra. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I never looked at the numbers. Mm -hmm. I never cared about the numbers. I'm just happy to be like, oh, new stores, new stores. I was that naive, literally, that naive that I'm just happy to get new business. It wasn't until this year that I was like, oh, okay, cool. But yeah, it took, <laughs> it took, I'm going to say 19. Well, you said you had a very successful, you said 24 months. You just like. Maybe 18 months. 18 months. Yeah. But we, it's, it's, you have to invest. People that local. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, right? Is the whole investment yeah, part of it. Yeah, people thought and, and also, what is the most important to invest in the beginning of your business? Is it the marketing? Is it obviously you have a product-based business where you do have to invest in the product itself, mm -hmm. right? But what is the most important to invest? Is it the team? Is it getting the right team? Like, what would you say, like, your first earnings? Like, what are you investing in? Well, the biggest thing I did, and again, coming from my journalism background and coming from understanding that, you know, flipping a 50 cents to a dollar takes a long time, mm -hmm. is sourcing the product at the best rate possible. That was the number one thing. When you buy the product at a good price, it, it's easier for you to get to that first million, to source the product, do your homework, to find the product at a great price. Mm -hmm. Then obviously have a plan, a rollout of who are you selling these products to? Mm -hmm. Because a lo primero, nosotros, we were so naive. We're like, oh yeah, let's put it on Instagram. Let's see. That didn't move. Mm -hmm. Social media didn't move. We didn't have a marketing plan. We didn't have a plan of who we're going to contact to buy these things. Mm -hmm. That's when we contacted retailers. Walmart gave us the first yes. 
then it was Target, then it was CVS. And was it was it you actually making this these calls? That's where networking comes in, mm-hmm. right? My sister has had a friend that knew somebody at Walmart, an email introduction. Mm-hmm. But the thing that people don't understand is by the time you're talking to retail t- retailers, you have to be prepared. La gente, unfortunately, are, are people, when they come to me, I'm like, are you prepared? Do you have your brand deck? Mm-hmm. If the retailer comes to you and they give you a 20,000 unit purchase order, are you ready to deliver it within six months? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Do you have the capital when the fixtures are due? Do you have the capital to pay $100,000 for fixtures? People contact these retailers without being ready. Y cuando ellos te hablan a ti and you're not ready. It's over. You it's just over. ruined your first they and only you, chance. Exactly. They, unfortunately, retailers, they give you one time to F it up. Mm-hmm. One time to F it up. So be ready, be ready. No te, no te, um, don't, what's that saying? No te adelantes. Mm-hmm. You have to be ready before you send that email. All the emails for the other retailers, we cold email them on LinkedIn. There's so many free resources. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn, hey, send a message. Hey, this is my brand deck. I would like for you to see what I'm offering. Please let me know if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Google, so many free resources. Where are the factories? Where is this? Where can I buy that? There's so many free resources out there. So many grants. Mm-hmm. You know how many grants these people are giving? Chase Bank, um, other organizations. Correct. Correct. They love giving us free money. Go get it. How do you how do you set yourself apart in such a competitive industry? especially as a Latina, right? Yeah. And I think that's what people don't understand. And I think that's why we've been so successful is that we believe that there's a piece of the pie for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is not a competition, mamas. This is not a competition. There's a piece of the pie for you. There's a piece of the pie for me. Everybody has a piece of the pie. You just mm-hmm. have to go get it. Right. Um, the biggest thing is our messaging, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in these rooms with these people... They are literally, everybody's selling the same thing. Vamos a decir. How are you selling yourself? You would be surprised that 90% of the conversations that we have with all these people is about ourselves. Mm. So where are you guys from? So how was your upbringing? Oh my God, I love Dominican Republic. Oh my God, Washington Heights? 90%. People like to do business with people they like. That's right. Then it's the product. Mm-hmm. So people have to lean with that mindset. So would you say that you attribute your success to the authenticity of your brand? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. These people are watching, like I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. You think growing up Latina, it's only, I don't know, 20,000 people watching or whatever? No. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are watching. A lot of people are watching. Y la gente que tú no te imaginas are watching Mm -hmm. because we've been in rooms, right? And they're like, oh, I saw what you posted. Mm -hmm. I saw this and I saw that. They they never like, they never follow, but they are following you. Mm -hmm. And they're just waiting for that moment to contact you. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about big, huge people that you wouldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Oh, I saw what you did. 
oh, I saw this, I saw that, and we're like shocked. Mm -hmm. Talk about mentor magic, because you do have a lot of that, like now, again, you're self-educated, you sound like you did a lot of healing, girl. Like you sound like you <laughs> done heal. Like, like we need you to like drop the gems. So talk about like now you have transitioned from, and not even a transition, it's just you're expanding, right? Mm -hmm. From being a business owner to like now sharing the knowledge yeah. with the community. So Mentor Magic started last year. We did our first one in Brooklyn and, you know, it was a very successful one. Um, and it was basically a fire ch chat with local girls. We're mm -hmm. like, we opened it up. Hey, girlies, if you want to ask us questions about how to build your business, just come. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. It was nothing proper. 50 girls showed up and we were like, okay, ask me a question. How do I do this? How do I get packaging? How do I get on Shark Tank? Like, it was such a gen genuine experience that we're like, damn, we have to do it, like, officially. Mm -hmm. So immediately I trademarked Mentor Magic. That's what I do. I, tra <laughs> yes. I trademarked yes. Mentor Magic. Uh -huh. And this year we're partnering, partnering with Pros Hair Care and yes. Skin Care. Mm -hmm. And we are giving $10,000. <laughs> I told you to apply. Yeah, I'm like, girl, I'm in there. <laughs> we're you giving, will see me there. Yes, we're giving $10,000 for an up-and-coming entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And not only is the money going to be great, but you have one-on-one -on -one conversations and mentorships with other entrepreneurs. We're talking about big-name entrepreneurs. We cannot say them right now, mm -hmm. but people who have raised... $10 million, $7 million, $20 million. Mm -hmm. These are the types of people you need to talk to. So apply, please go to Mentor Magic, lunamagic.com, apply to the Mentor Magic grant, win $10,000 and um, mentorship hours with great entrepreneurs and your me, Ikomoy, and myself, yeah, and myself, myself. <laughs> as well. And I'm going to be there. So I hope so. Meet me there. Don't beat me there. A <laughs> um, couple more questions. So in building this multi-million dollar business, if you had to give the girlies like a crash course into this, mm -hmm. give us like five steps that we can. And I know there's so much more than five, but like five major steps that you would say is necessary in building a successful business. Okay. I'm going to take it uh, down like ground level in order for it to be attainable. But okay. Look, number one is a vision, right? You need a vision. What's your brand deck? Tell me what this company is about in five pages or less. They put it after five pages, everybody's lost and confused. Mm -hmm. How big is the market? Are you servicing the Latina market? Are you servicing the African-American market? What, what, what market are you servicing? Where do you see your product? Mm -hmm. Don't be delusional about the price of your product. Because that's where some girls, literally, they lose me. They lose me <laughs> at, oh, yeah, I think my product is like $1,000. And I'm like, okay, but why? So if it's $1,000, please make sure to really sell why it's $1,000. Um, again, there are so many grants that you can apply for that it's so easy to get. Free money and resources. We did how many grants? We did the Glossier grant that we got 
how much? 20,000, 30,000? I don't remember. We did the <laughs> Chase Grant. Mm -hmm. We did the Target Accelerator Grant that gave us the opportunity to be in Target. We did the Walmart Connect, you know, that gives you resources to be at Walmart. So many free resources. Todo es una aplicación. Shark Tank. Submitted the application. Got a call back within three days. Everything is an application. Mm -hmm. Do not stop at the application. People don't hit submit because they be overwhelmed after 10 pages. Next question. Equity. Ooh. How important is that? What are your views on partnerships mm. and investors and people just having equity into your company? Equity is such a tricky situation because clearly you need it, right? Mm -hmm. You need investors in order to scale to the next level, mm -hmm. right? But you have to understand that equity is a given equity of your business is a marriage. Mm -hmm. And it's a marriage that for good or for bad or for health and in worse, whatever, that person is still there. Mm -hmm. So yo siempre digo, let them wine and dine you before you sign that paperwork. Because once you give a piece of your business to that person, you're in bed with them forever. And another thing our community needs to understand, don't look at the money. Don't be money hungry. Don't be money hungry. The guys see a million dollars. Let me give them 50%. Slow and steady. Grow slow and steady. If you have to give 5% at a time, 6% at a time, grow slow. Do not give your business away just looking at that check. There are so many other businesses that you can start. Don't get money hungry. Be smart. Last question before we go into the rapid fire. I do. <laughs> what is one thing that you would tell your younger self? The one thing I think I would tell my younger self would be, I told you everything was going to be okay. You say that with so much confidence, too. Yes, because I knew it. It just came a little faster than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. So I had to adjust my brain like, damn, I thought I was going to get this at this age, but I got it too young. Yeah. So it's just, I knew I was going to be here. It just got here faster than I imagined. Yeah. So you're good, Saida. <laughs> you are so good. You ready for the rapid fire? Yes. All right. Tell me your Latina without telling me your Latina. Dime a ver, mijo. Okay. Uh, what does it mean to you to be Latina? I think being Latina is such a blessing. We have the best of both worlds. I consider myself Afro-Latina because my DNA doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. I love our culture. I love this beautiful skin color. I love that I can morph to whatever I want to be. One day I want to be Dominican. One day I want to be New Yorkian. One day I want to be whatever. <laughs> I'm Latina. It is what it is. Okay. Um, what is something you would want to work on that you haven't already? Oof. I need to work on really having a work-life balance because mm -hmm. I deserve love. Yeah. Like for real, for real. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm, I think I'm ready to settle down. 
Ooh. I'm ready to settle down. Okay. Yes. Would you keep that private or would you put that? Because, you know, some people put their relationship on the forefront. They make it a business. No, it's none of your business. Because <laughs> it's yes. like once you make it pro public, you have to explain why you broke up. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, you're not doing that. Um, what's one thing you need in the morning? I coffee. Yes. And that too. is okay. Yeah. No, I oh, need Oh, and you know what? Can yeah. I recommend a song? Yes, of course. Okay, it's called Cairo Worship, and it's a religious song. I wake up with it, um, and I recommend it. Cairo Worship. Nice. I got to tune into that. Um, what's your favorite Spanish food? Dominican food, duh. <laughs> okay, what is the last movie that made you cry with laughter? Me cry with laughter? It was so funny that you literally cried. Um... I don't have a movie that I cried with laughter, but can I tell you a movie I just saw? Oh, which one? So I, now I'm watching movies from my childhood to heal my inner childhood. I love that. So I started watching Stand By Me, mm -hmm. The Breakfast Club, <laughs> Bueller's Day Off, yes. like all of my childhood movies, I'm rewatching it as an adult to heal that whole I childhood. love that. Yeah. Oh, I think we should all do that, actually. Yeah, and watch cartoons. It's actually good. I love that. Um, if you had an opportunity to have the last supper with three Latinas, yes. who would they be? I mean, it's very cliche, but I have to say what I saw growing up on TV, seeing someone who looked like me was Celia Cruz. So <sighs> I know her. like her... You know, talking to her, like explaining like, oh, how was it, you know, being the only one on TV who looked like you. So that would be Celia Cruz. I would like with my mom so we can have a conversation about her life. Mm -hmm. And the third person, it would have to be with third woman. Does she have to be famous? No. She doesn't. Okay, so the third person would be with my paternal grandmother. Mm. Yes. Any particular reason why there's a lot of connection there that you would want to... Just to learn more about her side of the family. Okay. Um, last question. Finish this sentence. Growing up Latina is... Growing up Latina is... So much fun. Growing up Latina is like, I don't know, it's like a ball of fire. We're so passionate. We're so dramatic. We're so creative. We're hustlers. We're so serene when we have to be. Uh, we're so nurturing with our kids, with little kids. Just growing up Latina is just a beautiful experience. I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell everybody where they can find you. Give them your Instagram, obviously your website. So, hi, my name is Aira Frias, and you spell it S-H-A-I-R-A dot F-R-I-A-S on Instagram. And find me at lunamagic.com. Yes. Adios. And make sure you check out Mentor Magic. Oh, yeah. Mentor Magic, please come. It's October 15th in New York City, Washington House. 
no, they get Washington House in Washington Heights mm -hmm. in um radio in the Radio Hotel. Yes, thank you.